Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Screen Guild Players. The starring players... This is Joan Fontaine. This is Basil Rathbone. And this is Nigel Bruce. Tonight's one of the finest dramatic programs ever presented on the stage of this theater. Suspicion. Starring Joan Fontaine in the role that won her the Academy Award, Lena Aysgart. And Nigel Bruce as Beaky Thwaite. I am Lena Aesgarth. I have been married to John Aesgarth for the happiest months of my life. But those months are past. I have been living in terror for weeks. My days endless held of suspicion. My nights interminable ears of torment. I am certain my husband has decided to murder me. I can't prove it, of course. But I'm sure he's going to kill me. Just as I know he killed his best friend, Beaky Twaite. But I can't prove that either. I suppose I've always been afraid of Johnny. Some way, perhaps, intuitively. I've known he was going to destroy me. Just as he destroyed his own good name. But I love him. Even now, waiting for him to kill me. I love him. I I think that when Johnny does kill me, I'll die happy. It'll be a relief. I, I can't stand it waiting. Johnny had a reputation for wildness before our runaway marriage. One of those generally bad reputations to which no one could supply any specific details. And I wouldn't believe generality. I was supremely happy during our honeymoon, troubled only by the tremendous expense of our trip. But whenever I mentioned money, Johnny refused to answer. When we reached our new home, a mansion far beyond my most extravagant dreams, I learned why Johnny had avoided the subject of finances. Johnny received a telegram. Is it bad news, Johnny? No, no, dear, no. It's, uh... <laughs> it's from an old friend of mine. Stupid fellow. He wants a thousand pounds. Uh, you couldn't spare a thousand, could you? A thousand? What has he bought it for? Oh, hanged if I know. It's probably because I borrowed it from him. You borrowed it? Why? Because I was going on a honeymoon with the loveliest girl in the world. And I wanted to make her happy. Well, didn't you have any money of your own? No. Not a shilling. Well, I, I still don't understand, are you? Well... Are you broke? Broke, darling? <laughs> I've been broke all my life. Why didn't you tell me? Every time I brought the subject up, you... Well, whatever made you take this extravagant house? Well, I didn't think you'd want to live in a shack. A girl like you was going to come into plenty of money one day. Wait a minute. I, I can't quite get this into my head. Were you thinking of my inheritance when you... Oh, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, now, darling, really... Isn't it silly to spend the best years of our life waiting? Why not be comfortable now? Johnny, I, I'm just beginning to understand you. You're a baby. Oh, I know you didn't marry me for my money. You could have done much better elsewhere, but 
My income will never pay for all this. Well, what about your father? You wouldn't actually want to live on your wife's allowance, would you? Answer me, Johnny. That was my introduction to Johnny's complete irresponsibility. He believed only in luck and lived his life on borrowed money and the hope that one of the horses on which he bet that borrowed money would win at long odds. I finally prevailed on him to take a job that had been offered, managing the estates of his cousin, Captain Melbeck, and he promised to stop betting. I was very happy for a few days, and then a couple of weeks after Johnny had started his job, a man came to our house. Oh, hello. I'm Beaky Swayze. You must be old Johnny's wife. Yes, I am. <laughs> Didn't he ever tell you about me? Beaky, oh... Oh, you're Beaky. <laughs> That's what they used to call me at school. I happened to be driving by. I thought I'd just pop in for a cup of tea. Oh, I've heard so much about you, Mr. Twain. Well, Johnny told me about you, too. I, I ran into him last week at the Newbury races. The races? Oh. Put my foot in it again, have I, as usual? Well, well, didn't he tell you? Johnny has a job. He couldn't have been at the races. Besides, he's given up betting. Oh, he has, has he? Well, don't you believe it. Oh, Johnny. Old Johnny dropped a packet of money at Newbury. I can tell you that. But where did he get the money to bet? I don't know, old girl. But if I were missing anything, I'd ask old Johnny. I shall. As soon as he comes home. Well, he won't have long to wait, because here he comes now. And loaded down like St. Nick himself. Hello, old Bean. Why, it's... Oh, don't move either of you. Just stay like that. I must watch the expression of your faces. Ethel! Yes, sir? Uh, what have you in the house to drink? Gin, brandy, champagne, and Pim's number one, sir. Well, no, nothing oh, else? Shut up, shut up. Uh-huh. Yeah, bring them all, Ethel. Get them move on. Well, my friends, I have the pleasure of announcing that the Goodwood Cup was run today, and I happen to have backed the winner a ten-to-one shot, and I have 200 pounds on him. Ten-to-one, 200 quid? Why, that, that's 2,000 quid, old bean. That's right, Beaky. And these passages are the... These packages are the loot. Uh, Lena... What's happened to your tongue? Oh. Oh, I, uh, I suppose you disapprove of my betting. <laughs> Not with those jewels in her lap, she doesn't. Oh, come on, darling. Smile. I know I've been naughty, but look, look, it's all, it's all for you. Look, look. Ethel's brought in the drinks. Now, what about celebrating? Trust Beaky to say the right thing at the right time. Come on, Obin. I could do with a pull at the beaker. Well, here's one for you, Lena. Thank you, Beaky. And, uh, and this is yours, Johnny. Thank you. Now for a toast. Uh, Biggie, what are you drinking? Brandy? Oh, just this one, Toby. You know, it's not good for you. All right, Obin. Well, maybe just this once. Oh, thanks, Obin. Lena, I drink to the last bet that will ever be made by Johnny Aysgarth. The last bet, Obin. Johnny? (coughs) Biggie's choking. (coughs) Get some water, quick. It won't help. I've seen this happen before. Brandy affects his heart. Well, then why don't you let him drink it? Yeah, help me open his collar. Why bother? We'll either kill him or it will go away by itself. I'm sorry. I'm... I'm awful sorry, old man. One of these days, it will kill him. That was the first time that my intuition warned me of the cold-blooded savagery inherent in Johnny. It frightened me to watch his eyes as he stared at Beaky, painfully struggling in a heart attack Johnny could have prevented. After that day, our life together took a definite turn for the worse, and one shock followed upon another. I'd been up to the bookshop to get some murder mysteries, which were Johnny's only reading matter, 
when an old acquaintance stopped me. Hello, Miss Aysgarth. Oh, how are you, Mrs. Newsom? Has Johnny settled down to the simple rural life? Yes, it seems to agree with him. Abandoned all his vices, has he? Vices? What vices, Mrs. Newsham? Oh, uh, such as uh, betting at the races, for instance. Oh, he's no time for that. He's much too busy with his job. Is he? He was at the Murchester races yesterday. He was? How interesting. Good afternoon. I was heartsick at learning Johnny had broken his promise again. And then I went directly to Captain Melbeck's office where Johnny worked to ask Johnny for the truth. Oh, good afternoon, Miss Aysgarth. Good afternoon. Is Mr. Aysgarth in? Mr. Aysgarth? Why, no. Well, when do you expect him? Well, I, I really couldn't say. Perhaps you'd like to talk to Captain Melbeck. Yes, I would. Very much, please. Then please follow me. Mrs. Aysgarth to see you, Captain Melbeck. Why, Mrs. Aysgarth. What a pleasure to see you. Good afternoon. Uh, do sit down. Thank you. Captain Melbeck, I, I... I don't want to impose upon you, but... You're Johnny's cousin as well as his employer, and I... I wanted to talk to you about him. I'm terribly worried. Well, yes, I can understand that. But I told him I wouldn't prosecute. Of course, if... Uh, I, I, I don't understand. And I told him I wouldn't prosecute. What on earth are you talking about? You mean you don't... Well... What reason did he give you when I discharged him? When did you discharge him? Six weeks ago. We had an unexpected audit and the account showed a deficit of 2,000 pounds. When I looked into Johnny's records, I... I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Aysgarth. He should have told you. You say you aren't going to prosecute? Not for the time being. I'll give him every possible opportunity of replacing the money, but... Well, after all, I, I can't wait indefinitely. Does Johnny know that? Yes, I told him that unless he made good, he'd have to go to jail. And what did Johnny say? Oh, something about collecting on some insurance or something. He swore he'd pay. After learning that Johnny was an embezzler, a common thief as well as a gambler and a liar, I hurried home and prepared to leave for my mother's. But while I was writing my goodbye note to Johnny... He came into our bedroom with a telegram telling me of my father's sudden death. He was very tender and sympathetic. And with his arms around me, I, I forgot his faults. After father's funeral, during our drive home, I gave Johnny every opportunity to tell me of his trouble with Captain Melbeck. But he evaded the issue. Instead, he talked in a grandiose manner of the scheme he had of developing a stretch of rocky beach into a resort. He thought the development would require 30,000 pounds. And when we returned to the house, he began working on the scheme with Beaky. Who's going to put the money up for this development, Johnny? Well, I am, old girl, of course. Oh, I see. Well, the idea is mine, but uh, uh, the money is Beaky's. The company is going to be in my name, of course. But, Johnny... Look, darling, look, look. Let me show you how simple it is. Yes, but does Beaky understand it? Oh, perfectly, uh, I think. You see, we, we, we buy up this land and, and then we sell part of it. That gives us 100% profit in no time. Then on the other part, we, we build uh, uh, something or other. Oh, Beaky, isn't it about time you grew up? Look here. What right have you to interfere with my affairs? Well, I wasn't really. I was... Well, I was only... Beaky. You better go up and change for dinner. Huh? Well, all right, Robin. Let me know if anything exciting happens. Now, what were you saying? Well, I... I was only trying to tell Beaky that he shouldn't leave everything to you. Suppose Beaky are taking you seriously. 
You'd have ruined the whole scheme. Do you realize that? Yes, but if it, if it weren't any if good... If I say it's good, it's good. I'm going through with this deal, and I won't stand for any interference from you or anyone else. Is that clear? Yes, that's clear. Johnny, you're, you're hurting my arm. I knew then that Beaky was doomed. With the company in Johnny's name, all he had to do was to get Beaky out of the way. And 30,000 pounds would be his. And looking into Johnny's eyes, I could read Beaky's death notice. So the curtain falls on the first act of Suspicion, adapted for radio by Bill Hampton from the RKO Motion Picture. Now the curtain rises on the second act of Suspicion, starring Joan Fontaine as Lena Aysgarth, Basil Rathbone as Johnny Aysgarth, and Nigel Bruce as Beaky Thwaite. Lena continues her story. The morning after I attempted to interfere with Johnny's scheme to involve Beaky in a real estate development, Beaky and Johnny wanted to go to Paris certain that Johnny would take this opportunity to kill Beaky for his money, I opposed them. And reluctantly, Johnny appeared to give in. I'll tell you what I might do, Beaky. I might drive up with you as far as London. Well, that's, a, that's a good idea, Albin. How about that, Lena? Well, it seems to me yes, that... I know, darling. It seems that, uh, seems to you that I uh, should be looking for a job. Well, I'll uh, have much more chance of getting a job in London than I would anywhere around yes, here. Yes, yes, of course he would. I say, Lena, do let him come. Well, I, I don't see very well how I can stop him. Hooray! But only to London, Johnny. Promise me you won't go to Paris. I promise, and uh, if things work out as I think they will, we'll be able to afford a little better living when I get back. If things work out as I think they will. Work out as I think they will. All that day and night, those words kept pounding in my brain. If things work out as I think they will, those words meant only one thing to me. Beaky was going to die. Two days later, my suspicion was confirmed by the police. Mrs. Aysgarth? Yes? I'm Inspector Hodgson from the county police. Won't you sit down? Thank you. I understand your husband's not in, ma'am. No, he's been up in London for two days. Well, I believe you know a Mr. Thwaite. Yes. He's a close friend of my husband. Was a close friend, ma'am. Mr. Thwaite died under mysterious circumstances in Paris. And we're making inquiries on behalf of the Paris police. They found some papers on Mr. Thwaite's person which indicated he just formed a corporation with your husband. Oh. What did the French police think the cause be? I mean... Mr. Thwaite's death. The telegram we received from Paris says Thwaite visited the place of his death in the company of another Englishman. Both men had evidently been drinking. On arrival, Thwaite ordered a bottle of brandy. Brandy? Yes, ma'am. Apparently, as a result of a bet between the two men, Thwaite filled a large beaker to the brim and drank all the brandy. 
The other man was not present when the actual death occurred, having left the place as soon as Thwaite drank the brandy. I could easily imagine what had happened. I'd seen Beaky drink brandy before, as had Johnny. Johnny, Beaky's choking. Get some water. I've seen this happen before. Brandy affects Beaky's heart. It'll either kill him or it'll go away by itself. One of these days, it will kill him. I remembered that. And it was all the proof I needed that Johnny had murdered his best friend, Beaky, by tempting him to drink brandy. It was very clever. There was only one slip-up. Johnny didn't get Beaky's money. The corporation papers weren't signed right or something. Johnny's desperate now, I know. Captain Melbeck has been phoning him all day, every day, insisting that Johnny replace the money he embezzled. Oh, that's why I'm so certain Johnny's going to kill me tonight. I read a letter that came to Johnny from my insurance company. He was trying to raise a loan on my insurance, but the company wouldn't grant it. According to the terms of the policy, the letter read, payment can only be made in the event of your wife's death. At a dinner party tonight, given by Isabel Sedbusk, our local celebrity and a murder mystery writer, Johnny was very critical of the murders Isabel's fictional writers uh, characters had committed. I'm sure I detected a smug self-satisfaction in his voice as he told Isabel... I'm afraid you're slipping as a murder mystery writer, Isabel. That last one was, well... Well? What? Well, it's too complicated. If you're going to kill somebody, do it simply. How would you do it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, dear. Just uh, use the most obvious method. The most important thing is that no one should suspect me. For instance? Well, uh, for instance, poison. Oh. Just use the first one that comes to your mind, say, uh, oh, arsenic. Arsenic? Oh, that would never do, Johnny. The police exhumed the body in Gloucester four years after the victim's death. And there was still enough poison, even in the fingernails and the hair. Yeah, but did they get the murderer? No, I don't believe they did. There you are. This very minute, there are hundreds of people who have committed murder walking about freely. Thousands of them. Do you suppose those murderers are happy, Johnny? Oh, I don't know, dear. Why shouldn't they be? Fear of discovery, Johnny. So long as arsenic leaves traces. Yes. And it seems to me that by now somebody should have discovered a poison that can't be traced. You must have heard of one, Isabel. Why, I... I, uh, I'm planning a very interesting cop for my next book, Johnny. Ha, ha, ha. Don't change the subject, please, Isabel. I saw that startled look in your eye when I mentioned an untraceable poison. Come on, what is it? I wouldn't tell in a million years. Well, I won't give you any rest until you do, so you may as well tell me now. very long now until Johnny kills me. He learned the name of the untraceable poison from Isabel. And after bringing me home, he went for a walk in the village. When he returned, he came up to my room. But I was too nervous to talk to him. Now he's downstairs getting me a glass of warm milk. And I'm certain the milk will contain that poison. That's Johnny now. I wonder if it'll be very painful. Oh, God. I don't want Johnny to know that I suspect anything. I can't stand this waiting. I can't stand this waiting. Lena. Lena, darling. What in the world's wrong? Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Oh, my dear. 
How do you feel now, darling? What happened? When I brought you the warm milk last night. You screamed and fainted. Have I been asleep all day? Yes. The doctor gave you a pill this morning. Your nerves seem to be quite upset. I was worried about you. Were you? Oh. You're still annoyed with me, aren't you? No, Charlie, I... I just don't feel well. I... I think I'll go to my mother's for a few days. All right, darling. I'll run down and get the car ready. Oh, no, don't. I'll, I'll, I'll drive myself. Look here. What's come over you these past few days? You don't act as though I were your husband. Every time I touch you, you pull away. Oh, no, Johnny, you're, you're just imagining... No, I'm not going to stand for any more of it. Come here, darling. Leave me alone, Johnny. Let me go. Let me go. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it, you little fool. I've had enough. How much do you think a man can bear? Listen to me, Lena. You turn me out of your room, you go running away to your mother, and now you shrink away from me as though, as though you hated me. You're my wife, Lena. But I, I thought you wanted... Well, you won't have to put up with me anymore. Johnny, where are you going? First, I'm taking you to your mother's. And then what? Don't worry. I won't bother you again. What do you mean, Johnny? Well, why do you think I wanted to learn the name of that untraceable poison? Johnny, you mean you're going... Is that why you were asking Isabel about that poison? You're going to kill yourself? Yes. Oh, my darling. And I... I saw that, well, that was the cheap way out. So I'm going to see it through. Prison term and everything. Prison? My dear, I... I can't pay back the money that I took from Melbeck. I made the last attempt to raise it when I went away with Beaky. To Paris? I didn't go to Paris, darling. I went to Liverpool. I tried to borrow money on your insurance there, but it didn't work. You... You didn't go to Paris? Of course not. Do you think I'd have let some idiot give poor Beaky that brandy if I had? Oh, Johnny, I... I'd be ashamed to know, to even know, but I... I've been thinking my... My imagination has been running away Oh, my me. darling, it's all my fault. And I've done enough wild things to make you suspect me of anything, given the right circumstances. Oh, no, Johnny. This is as much my fault as yours. If I'd been really close to you, you could have confided in me. Oh, but it will be different now, Johnny. We'll make it different. We'll have to wait until I get out of prison, Lena. I'll wait, Johnny. Maybe a long time, my darling. A long, long time. I'll be waiting. Thank you. Thank you, old Dean. Now, next week's show is really a corker. I know you're all going to enjoy it very much. I know that I will, too. Well, thank you very much. Goodbye. Uh, ju uh, one moment. Uh, just a moment, Nigel. Oh, yes, old Bean? Uh, you've forgotten one thing. Uh, next week's show? Oh, I'm sorry, Truman, old Bean. Now, um, <laughs> next week's show, the, the latest uh, Screen Guild players will bring you Holiday Inn with Dinah Shaw and that dear old Bean... B -b -b Bing Crosby. Next week, then, our Lady Esther Screen Guild players bring you Bing Crosby and Dinah Shore in Holiday Inn. 
Basil Rathbone can soon be seen in Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's production, Above Suspicion. Nigel Bruce appears through courtesy of Universal Studios and will soon be seen in the Universal picture, Sherlock Holmes in Washington. Music on tonight's show was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Screen Guild players are presented by Lady Esther. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther and saying thank you, good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. REN Playhouse is a radio entertainment network production and will return with another hour of drama next week at this time.